And welcome once again to another episode of both Mike, Mike, and Oscar, the podcast, and my continuing 2020-length series about why we don't really need an award season this year. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike in a moment, as we are recapping BAFTA noms for the year 2021, I guess. I have to be convinced that they are actually for this film year and not a different one, as well as some Directors Guild uh, noms that came out today, Michael. The British 7 to 12 person jury film and television association. Yes. Uh, this is what hell? happened. <laughs> what? Like, this is like, I can't get over what they pick, but I mean, one little Oprah interview, and they all are just like, <laughs> fuck America. Fuck your award shows. Fuck your award season. Uh-huh. This is the precursor with the greatest crossover of yeah. Academy nominees. Our Academy, Sue Academy. And here is just these movies that nobody's seen, and if you are parodying, movie, parodying movies that nobody's seen, they would be called Rocks, and they would be called Calm with Horses. Those could be stupendous yes. films, but no, I didn't go to tiff in 2019 i didn't see rocks i mean i figured if people saw rocks and it was great they would come out of tiff 2019 and say hey right this is a great movie it's called rocks nobody Look, did that i mean no so same... everybody today if they're saying rocks is great <laughs> nobody did that in 2019 after tiff I, I agree and yet at this i mean like i'm excited because i just love mayhem so like there, there's one category especially that it makes absolutely no sense and I'm giddy about it. But like at the same time, there's I have a, are these are these shows worried about not mattering in the future? Like the HFPA's racist, <laughs> the BAFTAs are We're nominating racist. films you from know, last year and next year and not this year. It's I, just a bunch of scared white people yeah, watching movies, hoping that people like the same movies they like. It's just. Oh my God! It's 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 it, it really is terrifying. So let's jump into how these movies were picked as nominees for the Baftas, Michael. Yeah, look, I mean the long lists were voted on by the by more of the Academy, and I, I didn't do a deep dive on how they got this, but the the long lists were voted by the Academy branches, I guess, at large first, and they did. They had the you Bafta know, long list, you mean? The Bafta long yeah. list, and they had this this process. They're trying to vet out. A, a fair way to do this because they took seven months last year after BAFTA is so white and they basically said all right we're going to go this long list route and we're going to make sure that we whittle down you know something that these juries uh of seven to twelve people only of which 50 percent have to be BAFTA members did I read that right somewhere I don't know what the hell that even means so basically so it makes no because it's not these are not the BAFTA nominations these are the Let's make sure these are not racist nominations from the British Academy, sponsored by the British Academy of Film and Television Awards. Now, I'm glad that they're trying to do that, right? I mean, we said when they were reforming, you know, this is all long overdue, but Mm -hmm. the fact that they need to, you know, basically rip away the responsibility and the agency from their film academy is kind of embarrassing, though, because they can't put it in their hands. Otherwise, it would be the dig 
you know, nominated for multiple times in every category. Well, the the leading nom getters, uh, there's two that have seven apiece. One is Nomadland, and one is the movie you already mentioned, Rocks. I, I mean, I don't. It, it, Non-BAFTA members are the deciding who's putting these things in. I don't understand. We don't need to have this award year. We didn't need to do this, guys. Look, I just, uh, I don't know. I I saw, I, I, you keep saying that, and it keeps like rink, like I keep cringing. I want to go against you, but it's just like, I mean, if they picked movies out of the hundreds I saw, and I, I really, <laughs> That's my I point. really, really was bored this year, and I saw a lot of movies, and I saw a lot of blam movies. But look, there's enough movies in there that I saw, and there's even enough movies that you saw. And I know you were kind of aggravated, and you didn't watch as many movies as you probably have in previous years. No, I maybe... know, but I still was around 200 total for the year of 2020. So yeah, you watched your hundreds of movies too, and and you're just like you watch maybe the some of the wrong movies, and then a lot. I watch a lot, a lot of the wrong movies. Well, here's the thing: like I don't get why you're. Your tolerance for bad movies is somehow, you know... Uh, My tolerance for bad, bad movies is very high. My tolerance for bad movies that were supposed to be good movies is very, very low. That's the thing. And it's so weird to me. Yeah. But anyway, if they just picked some of those movies, the ones that we liked more... And we always editorialize this. If you, if you guys are coming to us expecting these objective, uh, you know, <laughs> sugar-coated takes, you know, like a, from a PR team where... Right. Yeah, this is a good... I mean, everybody keeps saying that this is, a, the great, this is still a great year for movies. And that's usually code for, well, it's not as good of a year it was for... <laughs> for, for, for <laughs> right. We've been saying that all year because we don't give any fucks and we mm-hmm. keep saying it. But this is like something that could have happened that would would have been cooler if they just picked movies that uh you know everybody saw but it, it, this is frustrating today because you know we do all this work to get ready and there's right that's exactly yeah that's i'm not exactly seeing rocks i just can't see rocks nobody i mean they weren't sending out even screeners for rocks as far as i know calm with horses which i, I wish- sent you a text asking if i was being punked when i saw my best friend is a horse or whatever that mo- yeah. calm with horses is on this list i saw that and i was like well i guess i wish my co-host was calm with horses <laughs> i mean that would be perfect as a dad joke but i look i think uh i think these movies are are, are hopefully great and I hope I hope we get to see them, but I mean it's a 96 meta score from Rocks, Mike. I mean seven noms tied tied with Nomadland, picture, director, original screenplay, lead and supporting actress. My God, but what it a has movie! Absolutely nothing to do with the Oscars this year. Nothing, nothing to do with it. Uh, <laughs> what the hell is the point of any of it? All right, you, you got the Megxit, you got the Brexit, you got whatever this is, the BAFTA exit. I mean, we guess we could come up with something, but they're pissed. They're not happy with us across the pond. They're grumpy. They're cranky. But I, no, let's be honest. What happened here is that you put uh, you put a long list, right? And they and basically rocks is like the leave no trace pick. You know, the the critically acclaimed pick, right? I mean, a 96 Which is great, yeah. So cool. You got that in your long list. It fit in your long list this year. And then you had groups of 12 in these branches, you know, watching the, the long list. And, oh, my God, Rocks is a standout. So Right. And that's why I said, is. like, in, in one respect, it's kind of cool because we've been advocating for something like this to happen. And, and that's, like, we as critics take our stances, like, we want to push lesser known or, or films that just we think deserve more eyes on it. Yeah. But when you get to, like, the Oscar stage, I, I don't know what – it's, it's well, very frustrating to feel like we've done all this prep work and have a movie come from literally out of nowhere. I mean, now we're, we're, we're interested to see it, so that's good in that respect. But it's not going to be a player in the Oscars race. 
no, at it's this not, late and stage. It, no, it's not going to come in. It's not eligible. It's flat out not eligible for the Oscars. Calm with Horses, Rocks, they're not in that uh, list of 366 movies eligible for Best Picture that's floating around every, everywhere. So as far as I know, uh, Limbo, Rocks, County Lines, these are ne- these are next year's Oscar movies. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily something that's unprecedented precedented for BAFTA. Like last year, they had the personal history of David Copperfield. They had Sean the Sheep movie nominated and animated. And uh, and look, I mean, this year's BAFTAs has Les Miserables, The Traitor, and Clemency, which were eligible for last year's Oscars. So again, you know, th- that's not necessarily new. It's just new that these movies are put into the, uh, you know, put into the seven nom category. Multiple, the right. show category. Like, yeah. multiple big caddies. So, all right, let's get into it. Let's talk about the noms, both from the BAFTAs and the DGA. We'll talk about best director first. Your DGA noms, the field of the Directors Guild Association 5, Lee Isaac Chung of Minari, Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, David Fincher of Mink, Aaron Sorkin, Trial of the Chicago 7, and Chloe Zhao of Nomadland. That is your DGA 5, Michael. And uh, four out of that five is your Golden Globe 5. You just got to substitute regina king and lee isaac chung so lee isaac chung getting the nod from the directors guild and the hfpa had that strange position with minari to where minari did not have any success beyond the foreign language film category so we have uh lee isaac chung in with the guild out with uh, the hfpa first time feature though regina king is there and rada blank uh, from the 40-year-old version, Fernando Frias de la Parra from I'm No Longer Here, Mike, Darius Martyr from Sound of Metal, and Florian Zeller from The Father. I would, uh, you know, I was kind of saying to myself going into the DGA announcement, like, what if they mislabeled the first time in the <laughs> first time feature? I mean, it, this could be a year where you could have misread it or you could have thought one category was the other because yeah. we were going to have debuts in the main category, and we do have debuts in the main category. Here's something strange, though, at DGA. I mean, I guess they're spreading the love, and this is a DGA puzzle theory, right? Regina King did find her way into the first-time feature group, Mike. She is there with Rada Blank from the 40-year-old version, uh, Fernando uh, Frias de la Parra from I'm No Longer Here on Netflix, Darius Martyr from Sound of Metal, and Florian Zeller from The Father. So The Father... Is uh is something that I mean Florian Zeller at the you know a couple months ago flashback he was being considered in the in the big category mm-hmm. Regina King of course uh, like we just said is it was in the Golden Globe five and uh, you know I think the Cuaron del Toro you know hype video that they made for I'm no longer here on Netflix I think that played. I mean, these two former dominant figures in the DGA, I think that video on Netflix played, that featurette, I think it played uh, for the DGA because here he is, out of nowhere, uh, De La Parra. Were you most surprised by King's omission in the uh, DGA 5? I was I was feeling like it was too good to be true that we were going to get uh, Regina King in there. I mean, I just, the way, my, the way I read that movie, is that it had that glaring flaw in the middle of it where it really just ground to a halt, which is a... I just don't see movies paced that way, nominated for Best Director, nominated for Best Editing. And, and so I just, who, who is taking her spot in that five, you think? Well, I, I kind of figured it was going to be Darius Martyr or Lee Isaac Chung. Those felt like, those felt like Academy picks mm. in this... Even... 
even though I was t- talking myself into them because, you know, Darius Martyr's a debut, screenwriter turned director, right? And then the Isaac Chung's done a few movies, but it's he's breaking in with Minari. So I, we knew Minari had momentum. I didn't think Greengrass had the goods with the news of the world. And everybody was talking Greengrass today, and Greengrass didn't come through. So Florian Zeller was always going to be a long shot. Thomas Vinter. I mean, we talked about it for hours with uh, – with Ryan McQuaid on chasing the gold there for in session right. film. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of secretly thought Thomas Vinterberg would have a moment in an award season. I just didn't know it was coming at the BAFTA. Yeah, it, was, it came. It just uh, was in the BAFTAs more than anything else. I'm still surprised to see, I, I mean, I'm not shocked because I like you. I, I think there's this penchant to, for these guilds to hold, veteranism against people and like, you know, pay your dues type thing. If we have a first timer or a breakthrough category, that's where we can relegate some of these people, some of these first timers and give more love to the veterans. I'm not shocked to see Regina King mess out, but having her hit pretty much every precursor along the way, every marker leading up to this point, and then seeing her not get the DGAs does surprise me. But historically the DGAs have pretty much been an 80% crossover uh, for the last few years. Anyway, as yeah, far she's as, not out. Right. So, I mean, she could very well be in that. I would think like you, it, it's, it's her and Lee Isaac Chung for that fifth spot. If you want to call it that, even though honestly, Lee Isaac Chung winning here wouldn't, sh- I guess it would shock me only because Chloe Zhao's won everything, but I wouldn't be shocked based on the love that Minari has across the board. Honestly, dude, the the Oscars have gone in different directions in the past. They've gone international with Powell Polakowski for a fifth nom, mm-hmm. coming out of nowhere, coming out of the outside lane. You know, they've gone kind of traditional with a late breaker with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson and Phantom Thread since right. we've been covering it. And, you know, they still could go back to a Spike Lee. I mean, I, I just mentioned Ryan McQuaid. I keep hearing his voice in my head. You know, he's been, you know, on the, the Spike Lee Defy Bloods train for a while. We see where the five bloods could come back into the picture in a major way with the sag and again that's an indication that it has industry support getting that sag ensemble having a good day with the sag nominations or at least a better day i guess you could say with the sag nominations so i'm not i'm not saying the five bloods is out right now or spike lee's out right now but he this did not help the fact that the the fact that uh, dga boxed him out and the fact that the baftas kind of went you know, almost like a critics association. I mean, that's what this feels like today. This feels like a critics association's awards because it wound up being 12 directors in the (laughs) BAFTA branch watching these movies and and making their pick. And look, we love baby teeth. We love Shannon Murphy's movie, Mike. I just didn't expect her to get a uh, best director nom at a major precursor. I can't remember the last time I heard someone mention it. Yeah. Yeah. So the BAFTA nominations here, another round, Thomas Vinterberg, Baby Teeth, Shannon Murphy, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, getting that DGA, Nomadland, Chloe Zha, and Jasmila Zbanik from Quo Wadis Aida. Forgive me for pronunciations there. I just didn't expect to pronounce her name today. I love that movie. It's a hell of a film. It's a it's just a soul crusher. But it, it's really, I've reviewed it a couple weeks back. It's it's incredible. And I, I'm glad to see her there. Uh, Sarah Gavron from, from Rocks is the, the final pick from, like I said, it's their, their critical darling that we haven't gotten yet over here. So that's a shocking one, two, three, four, five, six 
person yeah. director field from the Baptist. Yeah, considering the snubs, David Fincher, Aaron Sorkin, Regina King, Emerald Fennell, <laughs> those were the four of the five of the Globes. Uh, they also all were Critics' Choice nominees, along with Spike Lee there. Paul Greengrass, not here in the BAFTAs. Florian Zeller, not here at the BAFTAs. Uh, Spike Lee and George C. Wolf didn't even make the long list at the BAFTAs for this category, and this is why we don't predict BAFTA noms at large. This is the category I'm... It's mayhem. It's sheer, unadulterated mayhem, but I'm not, like, that upset at it because if you have a category that seems like it's so going in one direction anyway, then why not spread a little shine? And I know that can't possibly be this branch's thinking or the Baptist thinking because they're not a, you know, a one person voting body in that way. It's a lot of different minds coming together for the long list and, and these noms, but I don't mind getting spreading the love if this is Chloe Zhao's category like it seems to be. You know, I wonder if this was an American show, we would go back to indie favorites like Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, First yeah. Cow, and Miss Juneteenth, right? I mean, that's where we would kind of go back. Those, those critically acclaimed movies that are doing well at the film Independent Spirits and et cetera, et cetera. So th- it's cool that, you know, the, the British Academy went to some British films that are we haven't gotten yet, but that are just doing really well with their critics associations. And I'm guessing that whoever is voting here, 50% was BAFTA, 50% wasn't, you know, again, who who would they go to? They would go to industry pros and maybe some critics and curators. And this feels like a critics award show, Mike, but we can move on from director and get into best film. This was voted on apparently by a larger body. I didn't get the numbers exactly, but this is something that you would kind of expect as a five from the BAFTAs, I would say. So we have The Father, The Mauritanian, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. The rest of the long list that was snubbed include The Five Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, One Night in Miami, Soul, Sound of Metal, Another Round, The Dig, The White Tiger, the PGA snubs from the BAFTA's Best Picture list are Judas and the Black Messiah, Borat 2, and Minari. Yeah, and Minari will make the uh, the films not in an English language list, Mike. Uh, another round, Dear Comrades from Russia, both on the Oscar shortlist. Les Miserables, uh, last year's Oscar nom from Best International Feature. Minari, as I said, Quo Vadis, Aida, also on the shortlist. So, all right. Best film at the BAFTAs. We do have Nomadland here to hold serve. We do have the possibility of The Trial of the Chicago 7. And we do have Promising Young Woman. But Promising Young Woman is going to have some major holes in its BAFTA resume, yeah. I would say. And, yeah. and so will The Father. So And, and so will The Mauritanian. I'm going to talk about The Mauritanian is going to have some holes well, down it, the card. It's, it's for the, but The Mauritanian, I think, also has some surprises. And one of which you alluded to. And I think if I were to put betting odds on this, Nomadland has yeah. to be the betting favorite. I, I would actually, I think I might be saying the Mauritanian is number two. Because the father has huge holes. Promising Young Woman has huge holes. Yeah. Sorkin didn't get in in the directing field. I just, I'm surprised that the Mauritanian's best chance at the in the American precursors come, it comes with Jodie Foster, clearly. She right. won the Golden Globe. And here she's the snub. I mean, we're going to get to it, but it's just it's just shocking to me. Like, if you're going with Mauritanian love, 
Jodie Foster's in a wide open category. We've all recognized this with supporting actress, and she's not here. And Olivia Colman is part not of the, here. Yeah, that's part of the frustration with what these noms were too by us is that like we like doing the stats and digging up history and like cross referencing it, and this totally takes that away from us because it's, it's just not there's not nothing the we can really cross. I mean, there's some stuff, and we have it, but here's one of the stats for you. If it means anything, let me know. But six years in a row, from 2008 to 2013, BAFTA shared their Best Picture winner with the Oscars. It hasn't happened since, though. From 1990 to 2008, the uh, the feat only happened six times again. So we're only talking 12 times in the past 30 years have BAFTA and Oscars had the same Best Picture winner. And really, they only happened in two hot streaks, as there was only one time since 1990 that the BAFTA picked the eventual Oscars Best Picture winner in a year the bat the, the feat wasn't shared before or after the year in which it happened. So, in other words, in 2003, that third Lord of the Rings movie won Best Picture at the BAFTA, and that was the only time the BAFTAs picked the Oscars Best Picture winner without having done so either the year prior to doing it or the year after doing it. But still, I mean, if you, if you add all of the, uh, the BAFTA crossover up, every category, it's still 66%. I think that was the low on the list, Mike. The BAFTAs had 66%. And you, you kind of chalk that up over the years to eligibility sometimes. There's mm-hmm. films, and big films, in the case of The Favorite, for instance, that was, I believe, well, maybe I'm thinking of BIFA. BIFA and BAFTA difference. Anyway. Half BIFA. They have different eligibility, of course. So... One year and the next, it it, it it makes obviously a big difference. So I don't know, man. I think I figured like once the long list came out, we saw some, and I tweeted them all out this morning. We saw some lapses from the American precursors that we knew the fields weren't all going to be there. We mm-hmm. knew like the, the the top seven Oscar contenders in every category wasn't going to be there. We'll talk about that more. But again, there's a difference forward. between they're not there and they're not there because this film from TIFF 2019 is. And that's not right. to take anything away from Rocks. It's just not part of the Oscars conversation is all. This would be like First Reformed, <laughs> the critical darling yeah. getting seven nominations yeah. on Major Precursor. But look, I mean, I think... Uh, I think some principal characters are there. Can they still get momentum? Can Nomadland seem more, you know, unstoppable than ever if it wins this award? I mean, if Rocks wins this, you know, based on the strength of that'd its card, great. that'd be that great. would be interesting. But that I, would but be it doesn't awesome. tell us anything. Like right. if Promising Young Woman wins it, but again, you can't really design a lot of strength from Promising Young Woman. Can you design? Can you can you gain a lot of strength in the Trial of the Chicago Seven when it's number one acting candidate? Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's not here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's point. the same thing. It's strange. Or it's director. So how do you how do you not pick Nomadland unless you just pick that the Mauritanian is the British or the father is the British film or Emerald Fennell? I like it makes no sense. So Nomadland's probably going to win this and it's going to hold serve and this award show is still going to get at sixty five percent. Pay attention to the guilds, not so much the precursors this year, I think would be my advice going forward. But let's go to a category that makes at least some sense. Best Animated, there's only three nominees here for this category. They are Onward, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. The shortlist misses from the BAFTA include The Croods, A New Age, Over the Moon, The Willoughbys, uh, a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, (laughs) was nominated last year. You said that. I don't have... Much to add here, other than this should probably only be two nominations anyway, because I don't think Onward has much of a chance. Well, Onward is deserving, though, and I think if we sure. power rank 
we power rank the resumes. Uh, those are the top three. And this yeah. makes sense. And this kind of clarifies that. So this category actually plays chalk in my mind. Right. Because Crudes was like the, the fourth one to establish itself. And Over the Moon kind of just did right after the... Uh, after what show now? Now I'm forgetting. Now they're all blending together. I know. Right? I was just thinking the exact same. Oh, after thing. the PGAs, Produce, after, yeah, producers. Yeah, after the PGAs, Over the Moon kind of had it now has the fifth best resume. Something else could still happen, and I would say Sean the Sheep movie actually has a comparable resume because it had last year's BAFTA, it has this year's Indie Annie, and it's you know could win that. And anyway, a Sean the Sheep movie is not out. Uh, neither is the Willoughby's. I mean, I thought the Willoughby's is just good, but look, I mean, best animated feature, one, two, three, power rankings. That's what I would go with as well, Michael. Here's where we just <laughs> rip off our clothes and we go streaking because we thought we thought that these you know best actress couldn't get weird. It's just there's no way because these huge names delivering these mammoth performances that we God we so love them, and here we have all of them mostly snubbed, or most of them snubbed. Vanessa Kirby's here from Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand is here from Nomadland. Rada Blank is here from the 40-year-old version. Yeah. She is delivering a fun performance, what I, ho- what I thought was a star-making performance. She d- directs the hell out of that movie. She's funny. She's writing the movie. She's producing the movie. But you're going to compare that performance to Viola Davis and Carrie Mulligan as an actress? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Rada Blank, I love her. You can't compare that performance to Viola Davis. You can't do it. It or makes Andre, no sense. Or Andre Day, for that matter, I think. But yeah. Or Andre. Yes, yeah. Andre Day is ridiculously good. In, in There's a reason why Zendaya and Andre Day and Viola Davis and Carrie Mulligan are get, being nominated everywhere. There's a reason. And I, I was just shocked. The one, con- you know, I mean, Alfre Woodard had all of the critics behind her. That was a movie that I reviewed at the beginning of this past year before the pandemic. You could stack up Alfre Woodard from Clemency, Indie Spirit Nam. You could stack her up in, in any award season. Right. That's a great performance. It's understated, but all right, fine. Uh, Wami Masaku from His House really delivers a great performance from a horror movie that is cool as hell, Mike. I really enjoyed that movie on Netflix. It's got it's got a great scare early. It's really not a jump scare kind of film, even though it kind of you, you would think it tries to be, but it's more of like it reminded me of Ya Yorona, uh, with a lot of historical baggage and uh it's 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 a fascinating movie on Netflix. And she delivers an incredible performance and she's front and center in it. Again, this is not a typically awarded performance from a horror movie. Like, we just saw Lupita Nyong'o go over blank Ridiculous. last year. Yep. Del- delivering a performance that I would say is, is yeah, I would say is on another tier, quite frankly. Uh, Tony Collette blanked. De- yep. Delivering a horror movie performance. <laughs> I mean, I have you just... nothing to add. You're taking, yeah, you're taking all my points. Yeah, yeah. So again, <laughs> I I'm really excited that a performance like this is rewarded. I'm just shocked that it's at a major precursor. And yes, look at Bookie Back Ray from Rocks as that last nominee. We haven't seen it. I can't really comment. I hope she's great in it. 96 meta score. Again, I'm going to hold to that. If it's if it's a performance like Foster Gavin, Leave No Trace from you know our you know, comparable American movie from a couple years back that was every critic beloved. All right, fine. It makes sense. But look, Amy Adams, not here from the SAG. Kind of glad she's on the long list. She wasn't here. Again, Viola Davis, Carrie Mulligan. But even like our indie choices, 
Julie Gardner, Jesse Buckley. Those would have made more sense. Morfitt Clark from St. Maud delivers a hell of a performance. Yeah, you were saying how about horror movies and being in St. Maud, which is nominated and it makes an appearance on this list of noms later on. Uh, we'll get to it. Well, that is a lead performance. She's in every shot of that movie. I know. Momi Masaku is more of a supporting performance. It makes it really doesn't make a lot of sense that she's in the lead category, number one. And then that, yeah, I mean, it, it re, it's really strange. Kate Winslet not here. Sophia Loren, a lot of people were picking her yep. that she might find her way here. But, yeah, I mean, not even on the list. Andre Day, Michelle Pfeiffer, Yeri Han from Minari, but they weren't even on the long list to get into today. So we knew that, that you know, those omissions was going to make this a, a kind of a strange category in general. But the fact that we only have Vanessa Kirby and Frances McDormand duking it out now. So if they are voting along Oscars lines at this point, McDormand, right? Probably McDormand. And that gives her a whole new life. No offense to McDormand. I'm rooting for Vanessa Kirby now. Oh, but, same here. Same here. But I, I don't know. I like Bookie Backray might get it the way Rox has just been. But yeah, I I would be I would be, or give it to Alfre Woodard. I I would be cool with Alfre Woodard. I th- I mean that movie's on the uh, that performance. I know it's apples to apples. Like it's just it's just a strange kind of performance with Wumi Masaku and Rada Blank. I mean it's I, I'm trying to come up with c- comparables here, but I I really can't do it. It's not an apples to apples comparison in my opinion. I mean, and maybe, and maybe that's a me problem, Mike, because these Oscar grabby performances in these capital D dramas mm-hmm. are typically the ones compared against each other because it's apples to apples. But when you get this like indie comedy and you get this cool ass Netflix horror film and then you get this soul crushing drama that's that's really too soul crushing to be nominated anywhere last year because nobody saw it, Clemency. But if people if, if the people are just forced to watch the long list and everybody sees how good she is and, and, and what, how good Woody, Woodard is, I guess, I guess it makes sense at the end of the day that she's on that level and gets the votes. But I, I'm just very, I'm very surprised. Bizarre. Certainly bizarre. Uh, something a little more normal is lead actor uh, in that at least their their names, some more names that we kind of expected to see. Uh, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman is here for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. A-Dash Goray for The White Tiger. Anthony Hopkins from The Father is here. Mads Mikkelsen from Another Round, which had a very strong showing up and down this card is here. Tahar Rahim for The Mauritanian does make it. Uh, the rest of the BAFTA long list snubs include Kingsley Benadir, Ray, mm. Ray Fiennes for The Dig, Tom Hanks, Cosmo Jarvis, who was in Calm with Horses, which I refuse to believe is a real movie. Delroy Lindo, Gary Oldman is not here. Lakeith Stanfield, John David Washington, and Steve Yoon all missing out in the lead actor category at the BAFTAs. Well, this is a five or a six, excuse me, that kind of makes more sense because Mads Mikkelsen has I been... I mean, Mads Mikkelsen's been rumored about as being a Best Actor contender forever, and he gets the nod here. Tahar Rahim got the globe, and he is phenomenal in the Mauritanian. It's a British film. I get that one. That makes some sense. Obviously, you got your main Oscar trio with Hopkins, Bozeman, and Riz Ahmed, and then Adash Garav. He, he has been, you know, showing up with the Indie Spirits and the White Tiger showed up at the WGA. So this one kind of makes some sense. Going to going to last year's Indie Spirit with Clemency, again, the best actress made no sense in this particular year <laughs> when you had the, the huge movie stars 
in big studio movies to choose from. It almost, it's almost like it, yeah, it, it really is. It's almost like that 12 person group in lead actress is voting like a critic's body again. I mean, it's felt like the, you know, the, the St. Pierre critics association, right? This, I mean, it, it's this, a small body. I feel like these noms have kind of paralyzed my take machine because I, like my first instinct is be like, wow, Gary Oldman missing is a surprise, but it pales in comparison to Carrie Mulligan, not me <laughs> making the actress list. And, and it's just so it almost we, feels like the Baptist voting body was like, yeah. oh, you want to call us racist? OK, let's hear you speak up about how we could have possibly gotten this wrong with this set of noms. Like, all by, I'm not saying none of these are worthy, but they're they're so Everywhere off the page this year, last year, independent film studio. It's just it's such a widening, diverse selection of noms in many ways. Uh, it's just I, it's bewildering to me. Some of them don't stack up, just flat out. And again, you know, I I love some of these performances. I love some of these movies. It makes no sense that uh, that that they're there instead of others, at least on the actress side of things. But. Michael, I think there's a couple things here. We had just gotten okay with not being okay with most of the nominations, right? right? And, and and we were we, – we, we really disagreed once the first swath of major – like we really disagreed with a lot of Golden Globe nominations. Yes. We really disagreed and we were hoping for a lot of our choices because we editorialized this thing. And we have our indie movies that we love. And for the never, rarely, uh, sometimes, always is, et cetera, Mike, et cetera. they picked films you didn't like. It's impossible for you not to have watched things. Right. So we just got okay with the fact that, all right, this is your typical 30 or 40 movies that we're choosing from. And I get it. They're studio fair. They got the campaigns going. We get it. It's a, it's an exercise in political science. But we're reviewing these voting bodies. And we figured they're going to all choose from the same. But we didn't think they're going to dip back into the indie well. And then their indie well. So that's why it was strange. Now, actor kind of stayed in the in the general sphere right. so be tahar rahim uh adashkarov mads mickelson those three are not out of left field so no. but the, 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 the fact that even with all that right even with all that we always said all right at least best actress best lead actress feels like this battle royale of our dreams at least we can get behind these eight nominees eight and nine and we and andre day comes out and she's phenomenal and we're like oh my god if they can't be wrong with best actress none of these award shows could be wrong i hope a different person wins every week because these nine people could duke it out the whole award season and then all of a sudden we only got two of those nine in this show it's crazy it's ab it's I, I, I like I said I, I I don't I can't make heads or tails of it like I I got halfway down this list and I just I I had to give up trying to come up with takes because I don't think I could have a take that's proper to be honest yeah I, well look let's let's get into supporting actor because this is kind of the nexus of of what we just talked about because I did say from the beginning that I was a very upset with supporting actor from the beginning of the year I thought they went with names they didn't go with the character actors but here's a character actor Paul Racy is here from Sound of Metal he got the choice he got the spirit this is a nice move for him this is BAFTA and we always said from the beginning of the season Mike Daniel Kaluuya was the guy that mm-hmm. was the performance that we know in any year that makes some sense Globe winners choice winner SAG winner. All right, and now we get a little strange, but okay, I can respect it. Barry Keown, calm with horses, 
maybe he's the face that makes you combo faces, Michael. I don't I have, know. I have no take on that movie. I have not heard of it. <laughs> he's very good in The Killing of a Sacred Deer. He's very good in Dunkirk. He, the man can act. He's a great actor. So, I, anyway, you... I think uh, I think uh, that is a man that probably shouldn't be calm with horses based on his other characters, <laughs> but he is calm with horses there. Alec Kim, Minari, choice young actor, winner, all right? Just had a huge moment. I don't – I mean, they voted for this before that huge moment. Right. So that's a show of strength for Minari here. Very much Leslie so. Odom Jr. is expected from One Night in Miami. Clark Peters is, is a name that we were kind of really behind – in the spring, and we we loved his. He was an, we were talking about him in all our pre or all our uh, quarterly updates. Right, Clark Peters, The Five Bloods, and and when we when we reviewed The Five Bloods, I, I'm I'm thrilled to see him here. He deserves it. I thought he was the anchor of that cast. He was the setup man. He was the system. He was the Aldous Hodge of One Night in Miami, but Clark Peters was that for the The Five Bloods cast. So I I, I really like that nomination. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to see him as well but i just don't i I mean if you're going to pick one performance from the five bloods to be nominated peters would probably be what your third choice in in terms of acting performance that you would expect to see make nominations in one of the acting categories they're not behind lindo and bozeman they're not afraid to take the reserved performance but look i mean we said from the beginning chadwick bozeman the five bloods performance didn't make sense beyond the natural campaign beyond the the good natured intentions of these bodies of voters. And we thought that he should win for My Rainey's Black Bottom. The Five Bloods didn't make sense. SAG, Choice, not BAFTA. Choice did not pick him for the win. Daniel Kaluuya's won both uh, the Globes and the uh, the Choice thus far. So is that being corrected now? Is Chadwick Boseman from The Five Bloods fading away because he's winning the other uh, uh, category? Yes, we think so, right? Yes, and we hope so, yeah. So... But- but all things being equal, it's just I, I'm excited to see Clark Peters. I'm glad he's getting recognized. Just a surprise to me, like many of these are. Look, Alan Kim, far be it for me to go in on an eight year old for two podcasts in a row. <laughs> but I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't need to be here. Bill Murray, Coleman Domingo, yeah. Bo Burnham. How are those not more worthy performances on merit? I. Uh... I, I knew that obviously they were not on the long list, so they were they weren't right. going to be here regardless right. today. Right. We did expect Sasha Baron Cohen. We did expect, uh, Mar- you know, some you know somebody from the Chicago Seven. And did they get can- did that vote get cannibalized in the way we thought it might at the beginning of the year? And look, because maybe we so give, many maybe give Baptist credit here for the yeah. handling of Chicago Seven too. Maybe they saw that film exactly as we did, and they are backlashing against themselves from last year with Baptist well, so white and saying we can't go all I mean not the Sorkin the more we talk the more the Sorkin snub here really sticks out in my mind because I really yeah. thought that movie was tailor-made for every voting body to just eat it up like it's 1991 you know what? I got nothing to add today I think I think you're right on I think that's exactly what happened and I think you know our theory that they got cannibalized makes sense I mean Bo Burnham's not here Burnham probably shouldn't be here. Stanley Tucci might have been interesting. David Strathairn, I you know, we keep watching Nomadland. I don't see David Strathairn being here. So, like, look, Glenn Turman, Orion Lee, Coleman Domingo, Aldous Hodge, they weren't in the long list. Those are guys on kind of our list of top 10, 15. We've talked about a couple different times here. Obviously, Bill Murray, you know, so... 
that that's a little strange that they're they're not here. But uh, might be I the would title say, of this episode. That's a little strange. The bathrooms. It's <laughs> a lot strange. All right, here's where it gets even stranger, Mike. But I'm not gonna hate on this category as much either, and I can't because I haven't seen a couple of the movies. But supporting actress. What did they do? So we got Neve Algar, who was uh, also calm with horses, apparently. Uh, Kosar <laughs> Ali from Rocks. Maria Bakalova is here from Borat 2. Dominique Fishback. Yes. Love to see that from Judas and the Black Messiah. And Ashley Madekwe from County Lines, as well as Yoo Jun Young makes an appearance for Minari. And they pronounced her name different than the rest of the internet, which is now scaring me that I just had that sinking feeling. Ya Jung Yoon. Or Yoon Ya Jung. Well, when Korean. she wins this officially, See, we'll like, get a <laughs> we'll get a name, what a pronunciation. Uh, so yeah, and I feel oh god, I just I I literally looked. I spent 15 minutes trying to get it straight, and now I'm, I'm rattled. But look, Minari, Yoo Jun Young, Choice Sag, now BAFTA. Minari may want... have all may in the last 24 hours. Minari may have gained the most momentum out of any film. You want to give Minari that big fist you know pump Mm -hmm. because minari's gaining momentum you would think but now we got to just tear these up or i don't like this is a category i want to cheer for dominique fishback we said it from the beginning supporting actress is wide open we should see some different names in here we should see different names every week in the nominations for christ's sake because we thought that there's like 20 25 actresses that you could choose from. And let's, to, let's get them nominated. And to Bath's credit, they are different names. There's no Glenn Close. There's no Ellen Burstyn. There's no Amanda Seyfried. There's no Jodie Foster who won the and Globe. You no know? offense to them. I mean, they, they, the fact that they have been, you know, crystallized as these quote-unquote nominees up till now is a credit to their performances, to their stardom, to who they are and what they're about. But... You know, we again, we editorialize this. We compare one-to-one. We reanalyze these performances i had a list of like 35 supporting actresses i thought were on the same level just like supporting actors so it made no sense to me that things got you know the consensus got to where it was so this is really cool that dominique fishback is here and maybe she can actually get a bump from this for judas and the black messiah because we thought she handled the quiet scenes so well she handled some essential scenes with fred hampton so well and daniel kaluuya so well and then she's got the big moments she's got the big moments during the speech so that's a performance that actually makes a lot of good sense now maria bakalova do you look at this nomination after her choice win and say that she's kind of the all right well at least the is the front runner still here is what I guess what I'm asking or do we do we think the same thing about you Jung Young because those are the two names obviously that have been elsewhere and they're here so is this just like best director where we still have Lee Isaac Chung and Chloe Zha and those are the two that we keep getting nominated with some new newcomers and uh therefore that's kind of where we're focused or, or in best actress for that matter with Francis McDormand or Vanessa Kirby or again, are we are we kind of focusing on that when we make predictions now? I would say it's tough to not call Bakalova the the lead because not only of the choice win, but everyone expected her to win that category at the Globe. So maybe they're willing to overlook what happened at the Globes, and all they remember in their mind is that this is going to be the third major precursor in a row in which she's expected to be the front runner. I, I just I don't know what to make of it. I I wonder if. The, I wonder if the winners, when they're voted upon, they kind of, you know, knee-jerk reaction and try to follow Oscars. And they choose the 
Whatever. Well, that's they what I'm to wondering too. Them. If yeah. they, uh, but now, now you're talking about two completely different ways of approaching the vote because they clearly didn't try to follow Oscars with the noms. No, they did not. They didn't care, and I'm, 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 I'm almost refreshed that they didn't care. Right. And again, I, I wish they picked movies that I watched. I don't, <laughs> so many watches. Wild. Anyway, but uh, look, snubs. Ellen Bernstein got the choice. Uh, Olivia Coleman, Glenn Close, Jodie Foster, which was the shock of them all to me. Like mm-hmm. I figured, all right, Jodie Foster will be here because they love this freaking movie, right. The Mauritanian, which it's 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 a fine film. It's got some really good moments. It's a hell of a story. It's a hell of a it's a hell of a life that man lived for Christ's sake. Tahar Rahim's performance uh, deserves to be up there in any year. Jodie Foster, it didn't make sense to me. Like she's a movie star. She's got the white knuckling. I don't know. Amanda Seedfried, that was special with all those looks and all the, all the shtick and all the, you know, the, the, the sly glances. I mean, it was, a, it, it was, it was cool, right? It was like, I don't know how she's cool in a 1940s movie, but she's cool as hell. And Helena Zengel's a wunderkind, globe, sag, choice, young actor, actress. You thought you were, she was being set up to win elsewhere at choice, kind of the way Bakalova was being set up to win lead actress, comedy or musical at globe. So this is a, another really strange one strange category because all of those big names were on the short list they don't get the votes what this has shown us is how you and i both handle trauma and confusion or trauma that causes confusion because (laughs) you are talking a mile a minute to get to like work just through this and i have nothing i so have nothing for any i i have no takes I have I have no idea what's going on. I'm trying to inter- internalize what's happening. So I'm just imagining editing Mike one right now in the future after we're done on Mike here, looking at the two lines of dialogue with the edit, and you're gonna have so many minutes in a row of speaking. I'm just yeah. gonna be dead on air. It's just gonna, I have. It's not because I feel like you're talking too much. I'm thankful you are because I don't. None of this just does not make sense to me. I don't know what the approach to this is. If this is the approach that let's just let's have a backlash to ourselves, then this makes sense. But if that's what the BAFTAs did in getting these noms, then you can't then try to predict the Oscars. I I don't think that makes sense. Let's put it this way. If you and I were two people in a 12 person room and we all watch these movies could I, talking a mile a minute, somehow convince you that my picks were... Because that's ultimately... You know, I'm being arrogant when I say all this. But ultimately what happened was they debated these things. Right. So they actually formed some kind of consensus in these rooms. So if, you know, we have a podcast together, you and I, there's been many times where you've talked me into movies. And Judas and the Black Messiah, I mean, we've talked about it. You've talked me into that rewatch... And I'm glad you did. And I rewatched it and I loved the rewatch after not really enjoying the first watch. It just really crushed my soul. And then, you know, soul was something where I kind of liked it and I was afraid to like it. And then I, you know, you, you talked me into that when I re- rewatched it, rewatched it. I've talked you into movies in the past. I, I wonder if these voters talked each other into these cool performances and say, hey, rewatch Rocks or rewatch County Lines. Yeah, maybe. Check her, check her performance out again. Maybe that's what happened. But then how do you go back from there and say, okay, now we have to play along. Now we have to play the precursor game. Like, if, if that's your, your modus operandi for this year, great. Follow it through. But I'm going to be a little frustrated if it's Nomadland, Nomadland, Nomadland. Then what well, the hell was the, the point question. of any of this? That's the question. If Rocks wins four, then okay, F and A. Right. 
right? Right. Let's, well, I can't wait to see rocks. <laughs> right. <laughs> if rocks wins none, <laughs> then all right, we're gonna have some issues. All right, original screenplay, Mike. This was an award show. I needed this to make sense, <laughs> and, it, and it almost made sense. All right, another round, Tobias Lindholm, Thomas Vinterberg, European Film Awards winner. So this is not a surprise. Mank, Jack Fincher, Choice, and Globe. Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell, WGA Globe Choice winner. Mank was not eligible at the WGA. Here's Rocks, Teresa Ikoko, Claire Wilson. The Trial of the Chicago 7 is here, even though Aaron Sorkin is not in director. And Aaron Sorkin, of course, is the Globe winner. Yep. He has choice in WGA. The rest of that BAFTA long list includes WGA nominations. Judas and the Black Messiah, Sound of Metal, which also had the choice. Minari, which had a choice. Soul. And then you you know keep going on and on for the long list. Never rarely, sometimes, always, the five bloods of the probably two other big names. 40-year-old version, a lot of first screenplays. Mike. Talking a lot, but this was supposed to be a category where we were seeing the eligible and the ineligible from the WGA duke it out together, just like it did at the Critics' Choice. But this was supposed to make even more sense because this was industry picking it. This was writers' brands picking it. This was crossover with the Academy Ampas picking it from BAFTAs. So this was supposed to make you know, crossover arguments for us. But then another round and rocks kind of, you know, Minari getting snubbed here, Sound of Metal, Jude, like all of those snubs right. makes this one hard to read. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it. well, again, but I don't think that's exclusive just to this category. But yeah, this category is hard to read. I'm surprised if you're going to leave Oldman and Amanda Seyfried off, you're giving all the credit in that movie, it sounds like this voting body is, to David Fincher, which I guess makes sense. But Mank being here, I know that's more of a composite film in that way, and it is more reliant on the direction and the storytelling. So I guess you can make sense of that. Another round, that's a huge show of strength for this movie. And the entire Baptist slate is a huge show of strength for another round. You wonder. You to have it wonder. here over Minari, I think, is surprising, yeah. I would say. Like, that's the question. Now we're guessing right. which <laughs> is going to cross over. Like, because this, there is, there is honest to goodness BAFTA people that are also Ampus people. Right. Who were in those 12 person rooms? We don't know which Academy members were in those 12 person rooms and who was out of those. And 48 hours ago, we were talking about, well, Promising Young Woman might be on death's door here. And I think this is a huge show of strength. For, if, if, the BAFTAs still mean what the BAFTAs have historically meant. <laughs> if yeah, the screenplay... Sort of. Right. I mean, Except so, their number one contender, Kerry Mulligan, is not there. Exactly. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, we could have found narratives. We could have found, say, hey, Minari and Promising Young Woman. But even Minari's not here. Like, again, the lapses, like, nobody's... Like, they debated within their 12-person groups, but they sure as shit didn't debate as a grand, a grand old academy here. Like, this is... It's just... There's a lot of disconnects. And adapted screenplays the same way, Mike. The Dig, Moira Buffini, I love that name. <laughs> she, it's a, it's a fine movie. It's a strong movie. It's, it's kind of a cool movie. They dig up something really cool in the backyard and it's like a sense of wonder. And it's very white, but fine. British. Great. The Father. We expected the father, uh, ineligible WGA cloice, uh, Globe, uh, choice and globe. I said cloice. They might as well this award season. <laughs> Just the combine Mauritan them. <laughs> the Mauritanian 
does not make a lot of sense to me as a screenplay, the performance vehicle. I, all right, fine. Nomadland, The White Tiger, they make sense. Nomadland, of course, choice winner, Globe, ineligible at the WGA. But we thought Nomadland and The White Tiger and The Father were going to duke it out with Ma Rainey's Black Bomb yes. choice nominee. They were going to duke it out here with News of the World, WGA, and Choice. And, of course, I don't think... I don't think there's any lapses for one night in Miami thus far, other other than the Globe when it's ten down to five. But WGA and Choice, we figured one night in Miami was a really strong play in adapted. We were talking about it last episode being the number two choice when we were talking about yes. why wouldn't Nomadland win the. And again, so so now right. the preface is if the Baftas mean what the Baftas have always meant then One Night in Miami probably isn't number two in the adapted category right now, which no. means, to me, Nomadland is even stronger to win big uh, three of the big six at come Oscar Sunday. But with these noms, do the BAFTAs mean what they've always meant? That's, I mean, this is, we. Ju- I have, I have, I, I don't know, man. Well, the studio movies are, you know, other than The Dig, they're kind of sidelined. I mean, it's Sony Pictures Classics. Again, the niche pictures got got the boost here. And it, again, it feels, it feels like a, a small critics body picking niche pictures and that's cool it's just strange it's really strange at this time of year michael the white tiger should feel good about itself by the way not to cut you off there but the white yeah, tiger totally. wga baftas that's a strong showing i like the white tiger man that was a effed up movie i mean that that's a complex character at the center of it i mean he is he's got issues but he's also he's he's fun to root for and a sick ish way but he's also like you're yelling at the screen that whole that whole film mm-hmm. because the characters are doing some effed up stuff but i i tell you what i mean it, you're still rooting for the character so that's just a testament to the writing and it's based on that book anyway white tiger check it out on netflix cinematography and we thought we were gonna have the asc nominations i think those are coming out tomorrow cinema i honors are coming out sometime soon but here are the bafta noms and we haven't had a chance to talk about cinematography yet mike so this is big Judas and the Black Messiah is here from Sean Bobbitt. Mank, Eric Messerschmidt, getting a lot of buzz throughout the season, getting a lot of critics' scoreboard award, awards. He got a choice nom. The Mauritanian Alwyn H. Kukler. News of the World, Darius Wolski. Uh, he got the choice nom as well. Nomadland, Joshua James Richards. He is the choice winner, Michael. We don't have tenant here we don't have the five bloods here mm-hmm. we didn't have it here from the beginning minari choice nom first cow choice nom Def- those last three didn't make the long list and the trial of chicago seven some said ma Rainey's black bottom some said uh not here the, the midnight sky even though it's more yep. bfx well this not is here this is a category that makes me feel like i'm at least semi-competent at doing what we do here because i you know, we, we weren't very high on the cinematography. I always questioned when you kept saying Trial of Chicago 7 was a contender. I was like, why? And, and okay, that kind of makes sense to me. We were very high on Judas and the Black Messiah's cinematography. We were very high on Mank's cinematography. Uh, you were very high on News of the World. I still haven't seen it. So this and Nomadland was kind of a given in this category for both of us. So we at least have this to hold on to. <laughs> Right. This this one actually makes more sense according to our reviews. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And the way they shot Guantanamo Bay with the Mauritanian, it, it, it's 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 impressive. It, it's an impressive uh, piece of filmmaking. I can't again. I can't really get on it. I I just figured they were going to go from a more uh, familiar batch of films. Anyway, uh, original score, Mike. 
This one also makes more sense than others. We have Mank, Minari, News of the World, Promising Young Woman, and Soul. Those are all Oscar shortlist films. Uh, in terms of the rest of the Oscar shortlist that is not here, Blizzard of Souls, Invisible Man, Jingle Jangle, Life Ahead, Mulan. Okay, again, they're not. We, we kind of got a, a five that makes that that has been crystallized a little bit for a lot of the American awards and the big misses. Therefore, are the Midnight Sky and Tenant. They've they've mm-hmm. both gotten Globe and Choice from recently awarded Oscar winners in Garanson and uh, Desplat. So this is this is very surprising that we got promising young woman Anthony Willis and look Emil Mosseri a lot of people are picking him makes some sense choice nominee but Anthony Willis I remember a soundtrack of promising young woman I don't remember a lot of score in that so that's fascinating that they would they would really be high and bullish on promising young woman with score when it's not on the Oscar shortlist not to keep bringing up Mank but if Fincher knew. Soul was going to have the soundtrack it was going to have. Do you think he still would have employed uh, Reznor again, or do you think he would have? Because he was obviously awards hunting with this movie. I mean, that's, you know, I know he wanted to tell the story that his father gave him, but it seems pretty clear that he was looking for this to be his year. Uh, And I'm not saying, you know, original score would have ruled the day and helped out him in so many other categories, but it, it at least might have been a category that he could hang his hat on and then say, well, I'm going to win at least one, and then maybe I'll win two with production design, and then you see the snowball and the Oscars puzzle theory in that way yeah. start to come into play. You know, I think he trusted those two guys. I mean, this is the passion of course, project of, course, of his career, yeah. and he's been working with them again and again, and he trusted them. I thought they delivered. I love that score. Same here. Mike. Same here. And I, I, I just, loved it, too. And I think but I just that's think the there power are two of scores. Yeah, yeah, I just think there are two scores for Soul, and the second score just, you know, it's really cool too, and they're yeah. both great. So two great scores is better than one. I don't know. I'm not really good at criticizing music and celebrating music. I don't really know. I just two two over two better than one. Anyway, look, original score again. You you have at least you have four kind of contenders here. So promising young woman, British score, okay, surprising. Uh, tenant, I could see how in any room of 12, that score is just not going to go over with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get aggravated with the sound. So, if, again, if there's one grump who's aggravated with the sound, maybe he gets the rest of them aggravated. I don't, look, and then this plot's been there, done that, and Midnight Sky had a tough day across the board. So, you know, makes some sense to me that it's not here. And I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily expect Midnight's, uh, the original score to go chalk as you got down the card. So, uh, down the season, I guess. So this is half refreshing and half strange. I guess, <laughs> I don't know, am I trying to come up with more titles? Mike, editing. All right, editing. The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. So the, the choice winners, the tie, are, are they're here. Nomadland and The Father, their choice nominations. Promising Young Woman, again, surprising on the undercard. Yeah, it had a very strong showing with BAFTA. So Mank is not here. Tenant is not here. Those are the other two Critics' Choice nominations. We are waiting for the Ace Eddies for this category to kind of crystallize. Obviously, there is a translation to Best Picture in editing in the past. Another round to Five Bloods, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mauritanian Rock, St. Maud, and the White Tiger. That's the rest of the BAFTA long list. I would say to Five Bloods, I've heard a lot of you know predictions there for the Oscar. Otherwise, um, you know... I'm wondering if Promising Young Woman is going to gain some some momentum on the undercard for the Oscars. 
out of this. And and uh, I guess they're giving uh, Florian Zeller a ton of credit for the father. I, I, that's to be in editing and not be to, for, to not have Olivia Coleman's performance show up on your nomination card. Yeah. I just I, I see it this weekend. I just don't want to make any pronouncements that I'm going to regret. I know that I, I think it's going to be a wild editing job because it's it's a claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I you know I'm just postulating that it might be. It might be really damn good. So I'm hoping it is. Yeah, so. same here. Uh, we can start rounding the corner, heading for home here. Production design, we got The Dig, The Father, Mank, which was the choice winner, News of the World, which was a choice nominee, and Rebecca. Well, we did say we loved the production design of what? Rebecca. We loved <laughs> the costumes in Rebecca. We just hated the story of Rebecca. Big castle, it, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was impressive to look at. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a a highlight of that film when we reviewed it with Swell, even though it was a remake from hell. But, Michael, I get the dig. I mean, what they find in the backyard is pretty impressive, (laughs) once again. Uh, The Father, you know, I'm hearing that the production design in The Father is kind of like I'm thinking of ending things. It's really trippy and it's throwing you off because he's, like, got these dual realities working. So that makes sense. You know, Mankin News of the World, total sense, but Tenet's not here. Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom's not here. Emma, those are the other three choice nominations. Trial of Chicago 7 is getting a lot of love. The Midnight Sky, even though it's more VFX, been getting love. Wonder Woman 1984, we talked about it at the uh, ADGs, right? So, uh, you know, The Dig showing up out of nowhere. Rebecca showing up out of nowhere. Yeah, surprising is one way to put Rebecca showing up at an award show after uh, what's happened with that movie, I think, of the presses. Yeah, but you know, it's you wonder because it doesn't have. And again, in a room of twelve, you can make caveats. I guess you could say. Yeah, but we're and all so to... good at separating the art from the artist, right? <laughs> I mean, right. All right. HBO HBO's got a docu series right now that will. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Typically, they get shunned. A movie that should be shunned, or a person that should be shunned, forces the whole movie to get shunned, yeah. and they don't piecemeal it and 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 award even if it's worthy. Exactly. So it, That's yeah, the point. You're right. I was going for there. All right, makeup and hair. The Dig, Hillbilly Elegy. Well, you was, missed costume design. How uh, dare you miss My fault, design. my fault. Oh, let's go back to costume design then. I apologize. Ammonite, Michael O'Connor, The Dig, Alice Babbage, Emma for Alexandra Byrne, which was a choice nom, Maureen's Black Bottom with Ann Roth, that was the choice winner, and Mank from Trish Somerville, which was also a choice nom. Yeah, the other few choice snubs were Mulan and Promising Young Woman that I could tell from the bath, the long list. I guess they snubbed. I thought the Promising other... Young Woman would be a shoe in for this category, at least in Oscars. Yeah, and, I, and again, and I, I, I wonder if the screeners got out in time because I knew they didn't get out in time uh, from SAG, according to our, our buddies at Academy of Queens. But the United States versus Billie Holiday, the, the, I mean, oh my God, the costumes in that. Whenever she's on the stage in that movie, makeup and hair and costumes, I'm just, I'm all about it. It's incredible. News of the world, yeah, they're in the old west. All right, I, like again, I, that makes some sense. I'm. Dare I be happy that Hillbilly Elegy's not here? <laughs> because it could have been here. It was on the long list, which is scary to me. Just scary. All right. The costumes, you got Ma Rainey's probably going to win it, and uh, that would be proper. All right. Rightfully makeup in so, here, yeah. same deal. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the choice winner, Oscar shortlist. It's here. All right, Mike, here we go. The dig is here. Makeup and hair? What? <laughs> I mean, Carrie Mulligan's got hair. And Ralph Fiennes has got hair in the dick, but makeup and hair in the dick. What are we talking? Who's got hair that is made up in the dick? 
They got dirt on their faces in the British. day. What in the... Oh, I'm just going to start swearing. It's going to happen. It's going to tirade's not going to stop. Like, <laughs> Emma is not here. Like, Emma sh- could be here. The, the hair is braided, like, ridiculously, and they go to balls. They go to balls, and the hairs are done up. And that would make sense to me. But the dig, they're in the fucking backyard digging in the ground. Billy Holiday could have been here. Trial of Chicago Seven would have been okay with being here. <laughs> Mulan, I would have been okay with being here. Promising young woman, you got that cool ass wig yeah. that's gonna live for all eternity. It could have been here. I mean, it's kind of a strange nomination, but it could have been here. All right, Hillbilly LG is here. The Mima hair is award awards worthy because the Baptist told us so. Michael, it's Mank is here. It was Glenn Close dancing on her Instagram in the fat suit. I won't be convinced otherwise. <laughs> You're not wrong, right? <laughs> You're not wrong because it again when Daniel Day Lewis when he. Looks like Michael Stipe in real life. <laughs> and then he walks out looking like Mike Ditka in the movie. It's jarring. And you see how good of an actor he really is. Mm-hmm. Like Christian Bale said in a certain movie that I don't want to spoil. Like the the the, the trick is really living your everyday. Anyway. That, of I'm, course, was Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Pinocchio is an Oscar shortlist. All right, that makes sense. You got four Oscar shortlists. The dig makes no fucking sense here <laughs> whatsoever. All right. Uh, United States, Billie Holiday, uh, Promising Young Woman were the other two choice noms. Makeup and hair. I can't believe I have this amount of juice for makeup and hair, but we talked about the Muaz for 20 minutes. We sure did. That conversation made sense. <laughs> this does not. All right, Mike, we knew sound. Something. We haven't heard a lot on sound yet, even though we did a little bit. And I like these episode. noms. Make some, yeah. I, this this is kind of cool. Greyhound, News of the World, Nomadland, Soul is here. Yeah, Sound of Metal is rightfully here. And Soul and Sound of Metal are very sound music, whatever you want to call it, based. So I think those two belong in the sound category. Greyhound, it was a surprise when it first showed up when we talked about the guild or the association, I should say. But I, I think it makes sense to have a war. A war movies do historically well in the sound categories. That's not that big of a shock. News of the World, you could probably say the same thing. Nomadland, I would actually say, is maybe the biggest surprise. But Nomadland, that's a show of strength for it as a favorite in the biggest categories, I think. I would say the major long list snubs that we've been seeing other places, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank. I mean, again, you got the performances in Ma Rainey. Mank, you got a lot of the old-timey stuff going on. They really adapted that to make it sound like a 1940s film. Uh, The Midnight Sky, you're in outer space, you're not. You're in the Arctic, you're not. Makes sense. St. Maud, uh, I, I would say it had really good sound. Anyway, Tenet is the is a tenant to trial of Chicago seven and, and wonder woman, 1984 tenant was probably the, the nom people feared the trial of Chicago seven. This is actually where I give it credit. I thought the blend of sound was really good. Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't I'm have surprised had a problem with the show up here. Anyway, special effects, Michael, I think this is the last Oscars category crossover greyhound choice nomination, not on the Oscar short list that, that we lamented. So mm-hmm. the other four are the midnight sky, Mulan, the one and only Ivan, and Tennant. The rest of the Oscar shortlist that got snubbed includes a big one, Michael. The choice nomination, Mank. It includes Soul, Welcome to Chechnya, Birds of Prey, Bloodshot, Love and Monsters, all out, outside of this BAFTA 5. They just so, don't know what the, what they were looking at in Mank. I'm convinced 95% of people don't have no idea what they were looking at. I didn't know. You didn't know. And these are VFX artists, or these are... Oh, a VFX artists from the 1940s, <laughs> 50s. 
and then a couple of critics. Like, who are right. these other these, than fifty percent? Yeah, who are these people? Like, I'm almost. What we're I, saying, I BAFTA, is let us do it next year. <laughs> we'll do it live and in public on these airwaves. Transparency, <laughs> right? Wow. No, it's but look, they at least they they pick four Oscar shortlists here. So they, and a choice nomination. You so make it. You make it after all your campaigning all year. Tenet may be an Oscar winner after all. Well, Tenet, they, they blew up a building, <laughs> reversed it, and blew it up again, and then reversed it. Well, I forget. What I don't want to spoil a film that came out in two thousand seven, but Tenet. Kenneth Branagh's just <laughs> chewing the scenery with the blown up building. Just chewing the blown up building. <laughs> couple other Pretty categories cool. we have casting which obviously isn't an oscar category despite how much mike and i keep saying it should be calm with horses <laughs> give me a break <laughs> judas and the black messiah minari promising young woman and rocks are the five there you have to, you have to cast the people that fit the title it's just making me laugh oh fuck i, I have not seen the movie i'm like calm with horses now. sounds like a movie i would make as a parody the casting, I'm just picturing a casting couch, a director, they just walk a fucking horse into the room. <laughs> <laughs> and Barry Kilgan is the only one who's like, you really getting get nervous yet, son? <laughs> he quantifies the calm with the horses. It shows up again in outstanding British film, Calm yes. with Horses is Nom, The Dig, The Father, His House, Limbo, The Mauritanian, Mogul Mowgli. Right, Mogul Mowgli, uh, Riz Ahmed's in that movie. I, look, this is this is what these are categories I want to be hyped about. I want to be excited about, but the rest of the card. I'm so fatigued by the yeah. time we get down here, though. I'm just no, right? just wonder and concern. Promising young woman, rocks and Saint Maud are the final three in this category. This is a cool ass category. This yeah, it is, is where you expect the cool ass uh, movies. And a lot of these are good. I mean, His House. Everybody watch it on Netflix. It's a cool ass horror movie. I'll tell you this uh, about His House. I didn't. I haven't seen it, but I did not see one negative review about that movie. Yeah, it's it's almost undislikable. I would say. Yeah, yeah it's one of those. Uh, Saint Maud is soul crushing, and I know Eric Weber loves it, which makes me really afraid of him. Uh, <laughs> so it uh, like I I you know I. I kind of got on Joker, but at least I get Joker. Go Joker delivers goods. This is just, just oh my! I I wanted to just cry and just curl up into a ball after Saint Maud. And I'll say this too, Mike. Like they, there's reasons I haven't watched a lot of these because I feel like so unprepared is because I thought there was no chance. Like Saint Maud, I haven't got. I will get to Saint Maud eventually, but I didn't think it was any serious awards contender. Uh, his house, I haven't gotten to. I didn't think it was any serious awards contender, and it's just you know. I hear you. I'm an idiot. Well, outstanding debut by a British writer, director, or producer is the last category. Again, we have His House from uh, Remy Weeks. We have Limbo from Ben Sherrock as the writer, director. We have Moffy from Jack Sidey, City. Excuse me. Rocks from <laughs> Teresa Okoko. And we have St. Maud from Rose Glass. So Promising Young Woman isn't... Yep. Promising no. Young Woman is an original screenplay. They're not the DGA rules here, I guess. <laughs> it's nominated for Outstanding British Film, but it's not nominated for Outstanding Debut by a British writer, director, or producer. Does the fact that it's Focus Features, NBC Universal, does that change? Is it not a debut it, it, for Emerald Fennell, maybe? Uh, no, I think it is. It's just, I think it's eligible for a lot of American Guild Awards, right? Promising Young Woman is in the WGA 
So I'm just reading between the lines. I don't necessarily think. Well, it's... she did. She does have that history of writing some episodes of Killing Eve. I don't know if. No, what I'm saying is I don't think it's a British debut film. I don't think it qualifies. It's my guess. Because it makes no sense why it wouldn't be here. Maybe they were just putting a cherry on top of this confusing Sunday with that last one. And we're going to be the only podcast that points it out. <laughs> we're the only podcast that points a lot of things out, Michael. Good God. So those are your BAFTA noms. <laughs> I've never, like, we've done, I don't know, we've done over 500 episodes at this point. I have never felt less prepared and more beaten down <laughs> than, I swear to God, I had, like, I tried for a couple hours coming up with takes and doing research, and it was just all, like, I I, I have no idea what's going on with the Baptist. I've never felt this out of touch with an awards body. Well, I think you should turn on CBS On Demand, <laughs> and there's a, a two-hour interview with Oprah, and a lot of people are mad, Mike. A lot of people are mad. I'm not mad. I'm like, yeah, go, Meg. I just, I'm all about it. Harry, you should be here. <laughs> I mean, did you not watch The Crown, people? This was all ha- – you can't have history repeat itself. I, I'm, I'm saying that with a straight face. Like, Jesus, what's like, wrong with them over there? Sound and like no, words but, of wisdom. people lose their effing minds. <laughs> sound like some wise words of wisdom coming from you. I'm trolling them. I, I think genuinely, and, I, and I, I hope we could confirm this, I want to see Calm With Horses. I want to see Rocks. I want to see Mike see now, yeah. watch those movies. But uh, uh, bottom line is, I hope we just learned about another half dozen really great movies yeah. coming out of this Same award here. show and that we there's egg on our faces maybe flash fast forward six months from now but everybody will forget it and they'll just get mad at us for some other reason and uh, they won't remember this reason I hope I think looking forward to it <laughs> guys uh, we want to hear from you were you as shocked and bewildered as we seem to be about these BAFTA noms, did you have any snubs that are kind of glaring? I know Carrie Mulligan's got to be sticking out there for a lot of people, as well as maybe some stuff with the Trial of Chicago 7. Let us know. You can leave us those, as well as any other comments, questions, concerns about anything we do in the MMO Empire on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts. And if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app, you know what to do. Leave us a five-star review. That would truly make our day. Michael, you gave some wise words already, but what's coming next from us? Oscar nominations predictions? Yeah, that should be easy now. Oscar nominations (laughs) reactions. That is the whole world uh, of our next four or five days. Like every spare moment we are going to, you know, dedicate to to those two shows. And I'm fascinated how much we can or cannot include these i'll be honest like are you just gonna throw these out well well here's here's part of like i did so much research i did honestly like 30 to 35 hours of just straight research for our announced predictions episode last year i'm very curious to see how i do with just basically picking from a hat more or less or like you know educated guesses without that much research to back it up (laughs) and this if anything really has pushed me to go in that direction like, I asked for an extra day of prep because I thought it was going to be so research-heavy. But now it's like, well, if the BAFTAs just picked things willy-nilly. <laughs> <laughs> they just picked what they thought was cool. I guess I could do the same when I right. think about other people picking what... Well, that's what we thought at the beginning of the year, Mike. We were just like, maybe 
the academy will just be so worn down by the pandemic that they'll just pick pick the best awesome stuff. Yeah. They won't feel the peer pressure to pick what everybody else says they should pick, and we'll have a crazy ass award season. And maybe maybe that does happen. I'm curious to see what we land on. I'm curious to see how we both do treat these BAFTAs noms in our predictions. And I'm uh, I, I, I'm just overall curious to see what does happen Monday when the Academy does announce uh, their noms. But until then, guys, when reality sucks, you can come just be stunned with us when it comes to these award shows. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you very soon. See you.